The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. This is Rainmaker FM, the digital marketing podcast network. It's built on the Rainmaker platform, which empowers you to build your own digital marketing and sales platform. Start your free 14-day trial at rainmakerplatform.com. These are the Writer Files, a tour of the habits, habitats, and brains of working writers. From online content creators to fictionists, journalists, entrepreneurs, and beyond. I'm your host, Kelton Reed, writer, podcaster, and mediaphile. And each week, we'll find out how great writers keep the ink flowing, the cursor moving, and avoid writer's block. From wildly successful transmedia serial writer to internationally published author, this week's guest, Michelle Miller, has tapped into her former life in high finance to create a hit franchise in the underwriting. Build as social satire, Ms. Miller's original 12-part serial drew angel investors that helped her to build it into a viral multimedia maelstrom. Her marriage of the cutthroat worlds of both investment banking and tech landed her a traditional publishing deal, and her debut novel is now being developed into a TV series. Join us for this two-part interview. In part one of the file, Michelle Miller and I discuss... Why transmedia is redefining author marketing. How different workouts can change your writing mindset. The creative space between sleeping and waking. Why you don't procrastinate the fun stuff. And one very perfect analogy for writer's block. If you enjoy the Writer Files podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review to help other writers find us. Thanks so much for listening. I am very happy to welcome my guest, Ms. Michelle Miller, to the Writer Files. Thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with me. Oh, thank you for having me on. So for podcast listeners who may not be familiar with your your journey, your inspiring story as a writer, who are you and what is your area of expertise? How much time do we have and how many drinks are we having? Um, <laughs> my name is uh, Michelle Miller. I have a novel out right now. It's called The Underwriting. It's um, a satirical corporate thriller about Wall Street and Silicon Valley and an online dating app. And it came out as a novel um, in the United States in, on, on May 26th. It's out in 20 countries now, which has been fun. And we're making it a TV show. But I initially published it 
as an online, I self-published it as an online transmedia serial, which means that there were lots of other elements like DJ playlists and art and photography that kind of were meant to bring the story to life online. Yeah. And yeah, in a previous life, I had a super corporate career. <laughs> I was a consultant and um, I was in advertising for a while. I was in finance for a while um, and dabbled a lot, but left all of that in 2013 to, to really pursue um, fiction full time in, in various ways. So it's been really a, a twisted journey, but a very nice one. It's exciting. I I do like to say um, transmedia serial just just because it kind of rolls <laughs> off the tongue very nicely. But it's it's very it's a very exciting, st- inspiring story, and I think we can still find some of those pieces of the original kind of serial from the first part of the underwriting on on the website. Is that right? Yeah, on my website, hashtag mm.com. That's kind of where everything that I do ends up eventually. But there is a really thorough summary of how the serial rolled out. Um, it came out in the spring of 2013. And, you know, it, it was really my attempt, both from a business background, to try and solve some of the problems that I saw in the publishing industry. You know, how do you create new revenue streams and how do you engage readers in the way that they really read today? But also from an artistic standpoint, you know, the story, the underwriting is very much about this new world order and, and kind of under 35-year-olds and how they think about the world. And and for whatever reason, sort of a serial release where people were reading it on their on their devices with other things going on, it felt like the right artistic way to deliver this story. Um, at least initially. And I am thrilled that it's a novel now. I'm even more thrilled that it's becoming a TV show. All of that's really exciting. But I, I'm, I'm glad that it started that way. It feels, um, it feels authentic to the story, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty amazing. I mean, it definitely speaks to just, uh, it's very, very now. I mean, we're all kind of, you know, we're <laughs> right. getting all these distractions and, and, you know, it's hard to, to kind of keep readers transfixed and I think that's that's really what I got from that is, yeah. is that there was so there were so many interlocking pieces that well it's kind of that how do you everybody has a different way in and how do you just sort of as an artist make all of those avenues available to people and and some people end up consuming all of it and some people just consume part of it and you know, I don't really care if, yeah. if they're engaging with it in a way that's meaningful to them. And I also think serial is really nice because it sort of delivers these small product, you know, you feel productive, you feel you've accomplished something in a small chunk, but at the same time you get that ongoing relationship with, with characters, which, um, which I also think we really want. And television has very much proven that, right? Like you you want that short, satisfying chunk, but you Mm. want to stay with characters for years and years and years once you invest in them. Well, that's really exciting um, because it seems tailor-made for television, really. So are you now involved in any of the, the production of the actual uh, television show itself? Or I am. I'm thrilled. I'm working with... Um, so Indemol Shine is the producer behind it, and, um, and I'm, I'm actually executive producing and writing the show, uh, which is really fun. Wow. It's just a totally different medium. It's kind of... It's, you think you know the characters and you think you know the scenes and then all of a sudden you try and put it in a script and you're like, what would Nick Winthrop have on his bookshelf? I don't know. And so it feels like I'm just getting to know my characters on an even deeper level. It's really fun. It's really fun. 
That's incredible. So are you also simultaneously working on, and I've heard some rumors that you were working on um, more parts of the, the series? Yes. So I'm working on the sequel right now, um, which is slated to come out next summer. So I did a two-book deal with Putnam Penguin. And, and if you read the book, you'll see there, there is a bit of a spoiler alert cliffhanger at the end. So it very much needed to continue. And, um, and that's been a totally different experience. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly uh, making me stronger as a writer. Sequels are a fascinating fascinating challenge um but it's going really well now uh, once i cracked the story i got really excited so um so Excellent. so we'll see well that's exciting it sounds like you are not busy in the slightest <laughs> oh but it's all so fun it's hard to complain isn't it well if we could dive into your productivity a little bit mm -hmm. um how much time per day would you say you're you're reading or doing research for your multiple projects Oh gosh, I go through like I go through the research stage where that's really all that I'm doing, and then once I'm writing, I really I tone out the world like probably to an unhealthy degree. To be honest, like I <laughs> I feel like the entire state of California could be like severed from the United States, and the only way that I would know is because like my attorney didn't answer my calls. No, no. <laughs> like it really, I just have to, and I think you have to block stuff out, or at least I do. Because otherwise I like listen to a story on NPR and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I really need to address income inequality in my book. And I'm like, nope, that's not what your book is about, Michelle. Get back on, get back on track. So I think it's, <laughs> it's kind of a game of, you know, knowing when to research and knowing when, when you've researched enough and just to, just to start writing and, yeah. and not distracted. Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow. Mercy is the bow a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction. And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books, and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview, and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. So before you kind of launch into a writing session, do you have any pregame rituals? 
<laughs> yes, and they all make me sound crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, I think you know what's interesting. I I, I work out a lot. I, I grew up, you know, as, as a dancer and then uh, have been a big runner and cyclist. And so I, I think a lot about physical activity and how it relates to my creative process. And um, it's been interesting to sort of see how different types of workouts do different things for what I need to do. Hmm. And so I definitely, I, I exercise before I start writing. And, um, and it's like, if I need to really break something, like if I need a really, if I'm just stuck and I don't know what's happening, then I'll do like a really intense interval workout, like one of those kind of you 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 just push yourself really really hard, and then I always come out and my mind is just so clear that it's like that's what it is. Um, if I need to like work through a character's conversation, then I'll just go for a really long walk or a really long run and just sort of slow and steady talk through it with my characters. Yeah. And um, and then if I need to just like emotionally connect with with a character or with a concept. Then, then I do find yoga just, you know, it's, it's brilliant for, um, for kind of, sometimes you, you don't like, like I, I run into this problem where I won't like one of my characters and I need to get over that, right? Because if you don't like your character, then there's no way your reader is going to care about them. And so yoga is very, very good at making me love them again. Uh, but that's been a really interesting finding just to kind of notice, notice how physical activity really affects my brain. That's interesting. So are you writing every day then now, or are you finding that you have uh, too many other um, bureaucratic things to deal with? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm about to, to uh, like siphon myself off and write, and write to finish the sequel. But, um, but in my ideal world, I don't, even in my ideal world, I can't write every day. I write like four days in a row, and it's all that I do. For four days, I just buckle down and write, and then I take three days off. Um, cause you have, you have to have that space to think. Otherwise, I don't know, at least for me, I go, I go a bit nuts and the writing just gets really weird. <laughs> so, uh, so like four days is, is my, is my good, my good run. Awesome. So are you committing to, are you someone who schedules the writing sessions or do you find that you, you work better with like a word count? Oh, that's, oh, that's interesting. I never thought about doing it by word count. No, I do it by time for sure. And I do like three hour sessions. I think if you have less than, if I have less than three hours, there's no point in even trying. Like it just takes that long for your brain to like get warmed up or whatever. Um, so yeah, like my, when I was writing the underwriting and, and like my ideal writing schedule, I think is, you know, I, I did like four, three hour sessions. It was three hours break, three hours break, three hours break, three hours break for four days in a row. And then I just kind of collapsed in euphoric creative exhaustion at the end of it and uh and that was that was great if I could have the luxury of I didn't realize what a luxury it was to be able to do that um but I'm trying to get back to it as much as I can now nice so do you have uh I mean you're you're clearly scheduling these three-hour chunks but do do you find that like your productivity wanes in the middle or um you know are you a night more of a night person morning person it's an interesting thing. I've had to really redefine how I think of productivity because I think productivity is very, for me, it's not, you know, you can go all day and have one idea. And if that idea is really fantastic, then it's worth a lot more than 20,000 words that you hate, you know? Mm. And so I think measuring your productivity by word count, at least for me, is really dangerous. Um, it's more kind of how, how you know, I would rather spend six hours not writing anything but thinking something through really, really thoroughly 
and then and then in an hour it'll just tumble out onto the page you know yeah. um and in that sense i i actually my my best thinking my clearest my sharpest thinking when i really start to see cuz i i see everything before i write it. it and um like it's very it's very visual for me and when I start seeing things, it's actually, it's between like 2 and 5 a.m. in bed. <laughs> wow. Like I'll sit in front of my computer all day long. I'll go to bed. I'll wake up at like 2.30 and I'll just have a very lucid like vision of, of, of a scene. And, um, and then I'll go back to sleep and the next day I'll just kind of transcribe transcribe what I've seen, which sounds completely nuts as I think <laughs> it out loud. No, not at all. <laughs> but that really is what happens. I think there's something very interesting I would love to talk to a neuroscientist about it, like what happens <laughs> in the brain in that kind of liminal space between between sleeping and waking. I think that's a really, the more that you can capture that, the better. Absolutely. I love that idea. Do you find that, well, are you better in an office or, or do you like to actually get out and work in a coffee shop ever? Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big coffee shop. I'm, I am so, I go in and I apologize in advance. I'm like, I'm going to be that girl who's sitting in the corner for the next eight hours with <laughs> one cup of coffee. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but I have my, my coffee shop circuit who are all very kind about it. And I love that, you know, like for me, I have to have enough ambient noise or like a little bit of just visual distraction but not so much that that it's sort of making me conscious of myself if that mm. makes sense absolutely so do, do you put on headphones or do you prefer oh my god i feel like i should like be a be an ambassador for spotify and soundcloud and i just <laughs> discovered hype machine that's my new one too because i'm really i'm huge on dj music um and so i have these djs that i follow and I'm I'm such I'm geeking out on it, but like there are different types of DJ music that I use for different scenes. So like if I have a big party scene, then oh, <laughs> I'm cool. listening to like trap step. And if I have a really emotional scene, then you know it's like ambient jazz. And uh, but mostly it's like that deep house, just kind of um, jam. For the underwriting, my my I had three playlists. I had Giles Peterson, Diplo, and then James Blake for all the the really juicy emotional stuff. But they got me through. So <laughs> yeah. But yes, I'm huge on music. I think it's really important. Giles Peterson. I remember Giles Peterson from living in LA, and I think he was <sighs> a DJ at uh, a local uh, Santa Monica uh, really uh, radio station way God, back I way back that. then. That's crazy. Ten you should do a story. <laughs> ten years ago, um, but that's interesting that that I mean you're in you're in a good company. I think I think I remember um, the director of Avatar. What's his name? <laughs> Jeez, Titanic. Oh, yeah, no, t- uh, the director of Titanic. Oh, um, oh do I have oh to Google God. this? <laughs> James Cameron. Thank you, James Cameron. <laughs> was known for listening to he had two different desks in his house i think he was writing terminator and uh maybe titanic at the same time and he had different different uh, soundtracks for each and different desks for each um but anyway we'll probably cut that out um <laughs> so do you believe in writer's block oh do i ever <laughs> we haven't known each other that long, Keldon, but have you ever been like incredibly constipated? Like (laughs) can't poop for like three days constipated. That to me is writer's block. And it's just the most, and it's such a gross analogy, but it's the only one that kind of comes close to this like experience of, it's like you realize things aren't working. 
And then you try these things to get it going. Like you go for a run, you do drugs, you try to relax, but you can't because you're thinking about relaxing. And then you just become this like horrible fun vacuum because you're sitting at dinner and all you can think about is like this, this thing that you can't get to work <laughs> and no one cares because it's not like you have cancer and then you feel guilty because like kids are dying in Africa and you're like sitting here worrying because you don't have, like shouldn't have, you ate something that you shouldn't have. That yeah. to me is, is, is how writer's block feels. And it's, um, and it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think when it happens, at least for me, you know, and, and the writer's block has been really bad for the second book. And, uh, and I, and it finally broke like two months ago. And I think it, um, you know, looking back, it happened because I kind of, something in my personal life unlocked this, you know, this thing that I just had to think about. I just had to get through it. I had to process it. I had to digest it. It had nothing to do with my story, but it was just taking up all of my, my kind of emotional bandwidth. And, um, Hmm. And and I wish that I had sort of been more attuned to to the need to get that out so that I could just, you know, focus. But I kept trying to like push it away and you just you can't. Yeah. So I think that writer's block is really, really real and it's really awful. Um and I and you just have to kind of fight through it, I guess. <laughs> Do you believe in writer's block? Is that a terrible analogy? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do I believe in writer's block? Yeah. I do. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think some other writers have come on the, the show and described it very aptly as, you know, in, in, in multiple, like, ways and different phases. And I think, you know, there's ideas block and there's, um, mm. you know, as you yeah. mentioned, kind of like emotional dehydration and... Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I think there are yeah. lots of different ways to look at writer's Is block. Any, I think. Does anyone describe it as glamorously as I just did? Be honest. I don't think so. No, <laughs> I think it's probably a segment unto itself. I think we we should get on a show with a neuroscientist and talk about writer's block at length. That's really funny. It's really interesting. I like emotional dehydration. I'm going to think on that. That's a really You can have that one. Okay. All right. Just a quick pause to mention that The Writer Files is brought to you by the Rainmaker platform, the complete website solution for content marketers and online entrepreneurs. Find out more and take a free 14-day test drive at rainmaker.fm slash platform. So let's chat about workflow. What hardware are you working on over there? Oh, I'm such a yuppie. I have uh, my MacBook Air. I listen to music on my iPhone. I have my Moleskin notebook in which I take notes. I mean, it's really so cliche. It hurts. But, uh, 
that it works for me. <laughs> I think you are in the majority because I've only talked to a couple riders on this show that have uh, been like PC users that don't uh, use Macs, which is very strange. Yeah. Do you have any typewriter users? I haven't yet. I'm, I'm hoping. So by the typewriter. I know. If in my next life I want to be that cool, but I'm really not. I have a feeling oh, that, yeah. that the typewriter set probably isn't going to get on this show. <laughs> but only because and they don't have Skype on the typewriter. <laughs> Too funny. Do you have a favorite software that you're using for, for your general um, word processing slash workflow? Uh, I use Word and I use Excel. And uh, to like map out, to, to kind of, you know, map out my stories. Because my stories are all, it's rotating points of view. So there's a lot, there are a lot of moving parts. Um, but I'm so disorganized. I mean, I'm just, it's just comical. I try, I try so hard to stay organized. And then I just end up with like 2,000 documents in my Dropbox folder that have no, no semblance of organization. <laughs> but for me, I don't know. You, you start all these documents and you write a lot and then you, you never look at it again. But the point is just for me at least to get it down on the page because then it gets in my brain and, and in my brain is where it really it really stays or where it lives and, and grows. So you th so I think that the spreadsheet is kind of an organizational hack for your process? That would be a really generous way of describing it. <laughs> Let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think the Excel spreadsheet is, and you know, I worked in finance, so I guess I'm like comfortable in Excel, but it's just a nice way of sort of being able to move things around and, and color code them, you know? So I'll color code them according to what character it is and be like, oh, well, if I move that scene here, then what does that do? And how does that play through? And also in terms of making sure that, you know, you don't do six Terra chapters in a row and you, you, you make sure that you have, have the right characters in the right places. I guess that Excel is really useful for that. So the dreaded procrastination, do you have any best practices for getting butt in chair time? <laughs> you know what I think it is? And I think this is like life too. You never procrastinate about things that you actually want to do. And so I think that the key is to just make yourself find a way to make whatever you have to do something that you want to do. And I think there's something really powerful about recognizing that you actually have the power to do that. Like, especially if you're creative enough to be a writer, you're creative enough to find something about it that's interesting enough to you to make you really excited about getting up every day and doing it. You know, the only times I procrastinate are when, when I actually don't want to do whatever I have to do, which is why, you know, I don't like, keep up with my accounting and my apartment is a mess. <laughs> but I tend to like, once I find something that's worth writing, I, I, do, I don't procrastinate at least on that stuff. No judgment. So <laughs> how does Michelle Miller unplug at the end of a long day? Uh, depends on the kind of a long day it's been. If it's like a task day, if it's a like, here was a lot of press and meetings and just kind of a getting done day, then, then it's all about the gray goose martini. There's just kind of nothing like, like that first sip of your martini, but on like a hard creative work day where you feel like, where I feel like I've just really worked out my brain. Then I actually, I, I am very anti-alcohol. I don't want to do anything to, to mess with that. Cause it's just, I don't know if you feel that way, but for me, there's, nothing like that high of, of kind of 
really having been in the flow creatively, um, you just want to like skip <laughs> or dance or just like live in that, in that euphoria a little bit. So that's, 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 you know, a better, a healthier day, <laughs> a healthier long, hard day, but they're, they're both long days, but, but, uh, I think you, they end in different ways. So much of the good stuff lives somewhere just in between the sleeping and the waking. Thanks for joining me for the first half of this tour through the writer's process. The second part will be published next week. For more episodes of The Writer Files, or just to leave us a comment or a question, simply drop by writerfiles.fm. You can always chat with me on Twitter, at Calton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week.